You are listening to Thunderbolt Sports Talk. Here are your hosts, Charlie Adams and Timothy Yee. Welcome in to the first episode of Thunderbolt Sports Talk. Here at Cranston East recording, we have a lot to cover on this podcast today. A lot of East games happening prior to this recording. And a lot of stuff happening in the professional sports world as well that definitely deserves coverage on Thunderbolt Sports Talk opening episode. Today I'm joined by Tim Yeen, as always, on the podcast. And we're going to just get it started right away with the results for the past week of this game. All right, so not really much of a winning week for Cranston East. I mean, girls tennis has been on a roll, so let's start with them first. Yesterday they had a huge, huge 5-2 win in their quote-unquote injury fun matchup versus Exeter West Greenwich. You know, Helena Fisher, Olivia Tomaselli, the singles winners right there. And, of course, the doubles team, Ryan Means Waldorf and Sophie Vorperian, Maddie Hart, Izzy Sigler, Genesis Marion, and Nadia Shaw. Shout out to them. They also beat another team 7-0. It was Coventry earlier. Helena Fisher for Corcoran and Kiara McGarty also winning right there. You know, just a strong week for, you know, the girls' tennis team. Yeah, girls' tennis looking really strong out of the gate. Let's move on to a team that isn't. Let's look at the girls' soccer team. How did they do in their last game? Well, all right, let's talk about the first one. They lost 2-1 to one against Classical, you know, opening week. But, you know, this week wasn't much better. 7-1 uh, to one versus Yikes. Narragansett, the homeschool of Mr. Adam Simone, Mr. Simone's son. So shout out to him. Am I looking at the first Yoshi post of the season? Yes, you are. Oh, boy. Did Was it deserved a little bit earlier? Maybe, but I think that was a credible first one to be had. Congratulations to the girls' soccer team on that performance. Moving on to boys' soccer. How did they do this past week? All right, boys' soccer played against Tiverton. Uh, really close matchup, back and forth. You know, but Tiverton, last two minutes, got the final goal to send it in and cash in on a win one nothing to advance them to 1-0 on the season. And worth mentioning, boys' soccer, prior to this week, last week, they had a great performance. Scoring about, I believe, five. five to two. Yeah, five to two. Great, great performance. Read about it on thunderboltsportsmedia.com. Let's check out what happened in volleyball this week. I heard there was a little controversy, maybe, in the Coventry game. What's well, going on there? Well, the, the controversy really not is on the team. I mean, they lost in three sets, but I think the bigger problem, you know, we had the controversy was that our lead writer wasn't here. Wasn't there, actually. Who might that lead writer be? I think that lead writer is you, Charlie Adams. That is you. Instead of going, writing about the game, you know, writing about our fantastic performance, quote-unquote, you decided to go on 2K instead. I don't know why you decided to do that, but my player, there's 364 other days to do it, bro. Speaking of fantastic performance, who are some of the fantastic performers in that volleyball game? I heard we had some big contributions from some underclassmen. And yeah, the sophomore Angelina Sang, 12 assists, 4 digs, made some really nice plays. Eh? Uh, Ashley Tavares, a junior, you know, making some big plays as well down the stretch, and especially in that third set, made some great plays. And also, shout out Brent Murphy, you know, had a big game at middle blocker. All right. Got a sports out of the way early. Let's talk about one of the biggest high school sports. You know, Cranston East football, not the winningest of teams of late, 
but they played a 20-6 to game against Mount Pleasant their last time out. What are they doing right on the offense, and what do they need to do right to beat Central next week or this Saturday, tomorrow? Well, I think for Central, you got to focus as a Kranz, as from a Cranston's perspective defensively. I mean, Central is one of the only four teams in D1. So. They're also and, one of the biggest teams. Everyone on their team certainly seems they graduated high school 10 years ago, at least. They are massive players. You know, Cranston East football, undersized line, to say the least. It's not any dig on the team. That's just the truth. They're a small offensive and defensive line, and you've seen it in the pass blocking and the run blocking. So it's going to be a tough one against Central. But you have any score predictions for that game? Um, I think it's best not to say anything. Mm. Uh, you know, like uh, like everyone's mom's always says, if you don't have anything good to say about any a team, don't say it. But if I had to, um, it'd, be, it'd be double digits. All right. So we're talking a lot to a little on that one. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, don't forget, boys football game tomorrow, if you're watching on day of release. Blackout theme at 3 p.m. Interesting decision by Thunderstorm. What do you think about it? Well, I mean, I, I certainly have no problem with the decision. Just the only issue I see is that for, from a scientific standpoint, you know, black's not really the best color to wear if it's a sunny day out. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. Let's see who croaks first. Oh, yeah. 3 o'clock start time. I'm hearing rumors, or I don't even know if they're rumors at this point. I think the reason that is is – I've heard their quarterback can't see in the dark. What? I've heard that. I'm not saying any sources, but that's what I've been hearing. Central's quarterback can't see in the dark. They've moved their game times up. But it also helps, you know, playing it on a Saturday instead of a Friday. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a different look for the Thunderbolts that will get them back on track this season. Yeah, I mean, you have some extra prep time. You have an extra day of prep time or either that or, like, just a cool down, you know, just a – Relaxed day before the big game, uh, you know, Central and Cranston East. And I think Cranston East needs a lot more. I mean, they haven't won a real game in the 2020s decade. So if they if they won somehow here, I mean, it'd be quite a story. We all know how crazy you went. I think it might have been two seasons ago for their first win that you might have ever seen as a broadcaster. Yeah. Um, we talked about this in the podcast group chat. Um, I think our careers as uh, media members, you know, can be likened to the Joe Thomas of the Cleveland Browns. Yep. Thunderbolt Sports definitely helped prepare us to be able to write and talk about blowout losses all the time. All right. Now, field hockey, I wasn't there. You were. Thunderbirds, a little co-op between Cranston rivals. How were they looking in their first game? Well, you know, the first half, they weren't really, really looking too bad. It's just that Rocky Hill was just crushing down on offense. You know, they were being quick, being aggressive. You know, they try and trap whenever they were on offense for the co-op. You know, they try to lure them in into near the net to try and score. And once they got it back, they got back hard. They went back and forth, you know, speeding to the other side. And two quick goals in the first half. But the co-op defense, you know, adjusting. Making trying to make a little quick comeback with a goal in the third, but just unfortunately couldn't finish right there. But uh, really promising performance, you know, at least in the second half. 
Yep, and unfortunately, we had no pictures for that game. We had to rely to Microsoft Paint and Alan Benchen for a final score posting. I mean, that school's that team's seventy-five percent Cranston West, I'd yeah. say. So they get seventy-five percent represented. Mm-hmm. Don't get a picture of the team, but we do get the score posted yeah. on Thunderbolt Sports Media. Yeah. I think. Do we have anything else to talk about East-related? I mean, we got football Saturday. Next week is shaping up to be a hopefully winning week compared to this one. Is it only up from here? Well, hopefully it's only up from here. I mean, girls tennis, they can only go down. Yeah, they're doing good. Yep, undefeated, undefeated, the only team undefeated. Also, cross-country, don't forget about them. They're also having a strong uh, season right there. Cohen Brinker, you know, a freshman. Finished first place in the first official meet of the season. Cam Felici, shout out to him. He's also in our fantasy league, so maybe that's a smooth transition into that. Uh, the TSM Fantasy League. A lot of teams, 10-team league, filled up with a little mix of current and former Thunderbolt Sports Media members. Yeah, shout out Super Senior Ben Chen. Oh, yeah. I took a fat L my first week, I believe, to the Cowboys defense and special teams unit. But on your side, Tim, I think you got out of there with a W. Um, I think it was quite the opposite. Actually, oh I call it the, I call it a W like Giannis Antetokounmpo calls his uh, seasonal playoff losses steps to success. So, you know, I'm taking that first loss as a step to success. I mean, we still got a lot of things to figure out. I mean, I made a trade, I think, just straight up for Kyle Pitts for Darren Waller. What do you think about my trade? Um, shoot. I don't like Darren Waller. I had him last year in fantasy. He got hurt, like always. Uh, Kyle Pitts, always underperformed. He's yeah. pretty bad. So I, I think that trade is a nothing burger. There's nothing going on on either side of that trade. My team, however, has Justin Jefferson putting up 25 points in Thursday night football. Yesterday's Thursday night football saw the Vikings and the Eagles. The Vikings losing 34-28, to 28, Eagles unable to cover the spread. What was your thoughts on that game? Well, I looked only at, like, the highlights of it, but, you know, Vikings, Kirk Cousins yeah, had a really another solid game. I mean, it seems like it happens to the Vikings, like, every – it's like a cycle. Like, you know, they do really okay, and then they become really good, and then they become bad again. And just feel like it's a repeating cycle for – all the fans in Minneapolis, uh, you know, Devontae Smith had a big game, you know, especially for me considering I have him on my buy-in fantasy team. Uh, you know, a touchdown there, four receptions for some huge, huge gains. You know, really loved that performance. DeAndre Swift, shout out to him. And, uh, you know, he would have had more if not Jalen Hurts stealing all the touchdowns with the tush push. Oh, yeah, Jalen Hurts. If you care about fantasy, 25 fantasy points on three total touchdowns. The Vikings possibly shot themselves in the foot as they had six first-half turnovers in their first two games of the season, tying themselves in 2005. Last night, they fumbled about five times or something. It was insane. Alexander Madison fumbled, and then he fumbled again, and it got called back. It was a lot sloppy football, but... The Eagles looked a little stronger than they did against the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. New England Patriots, of course, facing them last week. They looked pretty good out of the gate. They More promising than I thought. 
yeah, or at least not exactly out of the gate. I mean, first quarter was pretty slow for New England. Obviously, you saw the Mac Jones pick six to big play slay from the Eagles. But, you know, Mac really stepped up those final three quarters. I mean, Hunter Henry, Kendrick Bourne, even the six-rounders, you know, or the six-rounder, uh, Pop Douglas, Demario Douglas, shout out to him. Uh, the only guy that I saw could have done better, or at least, you know, in those critical situations, Kayshawn Boutet. You know, you saw him on fourth down, had a really nice sideline catch, but just couldn't control his feet. I think, you know, he still has to adjust to that type of role in the NFL. Yeah, a couple college receptions, but that won't cut it in the NFL. I thought you saw the Patriots continue to have success coming out of this halftime. Infamous Patriots halftime adjustments. Of course, that game they announced that Tom Brady would be inducted into the Hall of Fame next year. I think the date would be uh, June 12, 2024, 6-12-24 yeah. for six Super Bowl rings. Number 12, and 24 is the year. There's nothing significant about it, but yeah. it's in there. Um, I guess they're all multiples of uh, four. I can't wait, 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 wait. All, all, all multiples of six. Hopefully Mr. Lavoie is not listening to this. I oh, hope not. Yeah, 25-20 was your final there. The Patriots are gearing up for a primetime football matchup against Miami Dolphins this week. Dolphins came out looking strong against their opponents. Tua Tungvaluwa and Tyreek Hill connected plenty of times that game. It's going to be a tough one, but a big one for the Patriots in Sunday Night Football. How do you think the Patriots can tackle that game? Well, I mean, you got Christian Gonzalez now. We got to look at the secondary. Jonathan Jones, Christian Gonzalez, both Marcus and Jack Jones. You know, even, you know, you can take in Miles Bryant if you want. You know, I know some people have mixed opinions about him, but he's on the roster for a reason, I guess. But, and that secondary is going to have to key in on Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill had, I believe, over 200 receiving yards, or at least at least multiple touchdowns. Definitely. So, you know, they're going to have to stop them. I mean, the Dolphins' defense not really looking the greatest. I mean, they had Jalen Ramsey before he got injured. But, you know, I'm not really seeing anything. Maybe Christian Wilkins might make a play. You know, Jerome Baker. But, you know, Mac Jones and uh, that Kendrick Bourne connection, I think, really has to spotlight themselves, especially in prime time. Yeah, I mean, it's Patriots-Dolphins with the Patriots at home. We know kind of how those matchups go versus them on the road in Miami, just atrociously. So we'll see how it shakes out there. Patriots had Juju Smith-Schuster. He didn't make much of an impact in his first game as a Patriot. And apparently I'm hearing some kind of rumors that the people in the building don't think he's even a top five receiver in that room. I mean, it's one game, but I don't know. That's something. I don't know. Top five, I think you got to put him in there. I mean, there's Tyquan Thornton. There's a couple of guys, but you signed him for the same money that you signed Jacoby Myers in the Las Vegas for, and Jacoby Myers definitely performed to expectations there. So he's got a lot to live up to seeing as they're paying him the same amount they could have paid their own guy. Yeah. And they're actually and he's actually catching touchdowns in Vegas. Yeah. Of course last season just dreadful trying to watch him get into the end zone and get so close yet so far even having touchdowns called back if you had to feel for the guy 
But the Dolphins, you know, they had Brian Flores, former Patriots defensive coordinator, I believe, for multiple Super Bowls. And then they fired him and got Josh Mike McDaniel, and he's living up to expectation. The team looks definitely, like, arguably better than they did under Brian Flores, who seemingly was doing miracle work. But, I mean, obviously when you acquire Tyreek Hill, you acquire some big weapons for Tua, you're going to have more success than you did. But they look strong, so it's going to be a tough one. Dolphins-Patriots playing Sunday night football. Earlier this week, though, sticking to football, we have in Monday night football on September 11th, the Jets versus the Bills in a divisional matchup. Of course, Aaron Rodgers' debut. He's a great football player, you know, back-to-back MVPs on the tail end of his career, you'd believe. And he plays about 40 seconds. What's wow. going on there? Well, so that's about 10 seconds per snap. Uh, so four snaps in total. Um, he had a performance, a.k.a. He, uh, I believe, tore his Achilles or at least ruptured it. Um, you know, not not really great day, but Zach Wilson uh, filling in for him, you know, doing enough to try and get the win. I mean... You know, after all this offseason hype, it's just crumbles down like that. You know, the Aaron Rodgers era lasted not even one day, at least in full game time. And, you know, now they're going to have to do the season with Zach Wilson, who in two seasons has not shown too much. In fact, has shown that he might not have been the best choice for number two for the Jets. Oh, definitely not. That was so many better options looking back. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he was working hard this season to make this one of his best seasons. Sounds like he'll play next season. He put out on Instagram that he will be back. So looking forward to finally seeing him get his chance to do what Brett Favre did and play for the Jets after playing for the Packers. Can't wait to see him on the Vikings next. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, and it'll be fun. I love to see the 40-whatever-year-old Rodgers to Justin Jefferson, who might, I don't know if he's even going to be there, you know, by the time. Because, you know, you know how those things are shaking up in Minnesota right now. Yeah. I mean, speaking of Wilson, you got Garrett Wilson over there. He's a stud. He was looking forward to finally having a quarterback this year. And now he goes straight back to Zach Wilson. You got a feel for the guy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. His fantasy value just went straight down. Listen, 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 listen. Cam Newton is on the call. He's waiting out there. Please sign him. I think the Jets really need him. Yeah, they have a lot of options in the free agent market, of course. Breaking news, breaking headlines at least, was the news that Colin Kaepernick still wants a chance at a quarterback spot in the NFL. Hasn't laced it up for seven years, but Jets don't seem interested. Seems like they might stick with Zach Wilson for the remainder of the season. We'll see how it shakes out for them. Let's move on to baseball for a second. I know you're not following that closely with it, but Heim Bloom of the Boston Red Sox, president of baseball operations, was fired yesterday. It was a it was a journey with him as the guy making all the shots. You know, he was probably underperforming for Boston sports fans' expectations. We know they're extremely extremely strict on seeing winning teams on the field, but they didn't really give him a lot of opportunity to get to a winning ways, you know, and he's no longer part of the organization, made a couple of good moves, a couple of bad moves. It was an all right 
tenure for him, in my opinion. But let's move on and let's talk about what's going on next period. Let's just go and talk about this essay that we have to do for Mr. Smith. How are you prepared for The Awakening? Well, you know, I read The Awakening. I thought it was an okay book. I mean, the ending was all right. So, I mean, because the book was mid at best, I didn't really focus on too much on it, but I did get some good solid notes. I mean, I hope the essay is easy. I hope the essay will reflect how Mr. Smith will grade his essays throughout the year. Um, you know, I think I, I think I have a lot better expectations for it than, you know, the psych test I had yesterday, which really was just common sense. And by the way, shout out Mrs. Salamino, if you are watching this, please forgive me. I forgot to turn in my Tuskegee study yesterday at midnight. I am so sorry. I did turn it in. Please, if you're listening to this, please forgive me. Oof. I don't know if you're going to get by. Heard Miss Sal is a strickler when it comes to grading. So you might have to take that grade and walk out the door. You know, I'm looking for a bounce back performance on this essay. The Socratic seminar wasn't my best work. I fit in a couple of comments, but... You fit in one comment. I fit in two. I had one good question, one Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reference. But, I mean, if I can get a good grade on this essay, it'll all even out. We'll see how you get graded on the Socratic seminar. I know you had a lot of contributions on that. So. I had to I had to carry myself by myself. You know, I'm not you know, Chad, I'm not too much of a of a yapper. I mean I professionally yap for a living, but you know, in the classroom, I, I try not to talk too much. Hey, my excuse, I was sitting behind the one fan in the room, strategic positioning for a hot day. Couldn't hear a thing. I could only hear the people to my left and to my right. Those are people I talked to when they talked. So we'll see how it goes today in class. What else do we have to cover today on the Thunderbolt Sports Talk podcast presented by Thunderbolt Sports Media? What's going on in the sports world? Well, I mean, let's talk about what's happening in the sports broadcasting world. I mean, during the Coventry game, me and Larry Yin uh, took some jabs at you, Chad. Are you going to take any back to him during football? Oh, yeah. We might have a lot of airtime to do it, so I'll definitely be taking plenty of shots at Larry Larry, of course, replacing Curtis Kong under fire for his analyst role as volleyball analyst. What was your opinion on his commentary? Well, I thought he was just doing his job. I mean, it's, it, is, it is what it is, but I really want him back. I mean, depends on how the cookie crumbles. I mean, if any girls volleyball players are watching this, I'm not sure how, what I'm going to do, but I'll, take, I'll call the shots, and, you know, if you don't like it, you can just blame me, you know. All right, then. 100% ownership for his analyst there. Let's take a look. Let's take a quick look at sports broadcasting sticking there. We had Matt Ryan's debut as a sports broadcaster, and his play-by-play guy took a shot at him immediately. It wasn't even, like, hidden. He just immediately took a shot at him. What's he doing? Yeah, he was like, I am decent. This team is down big, just like 28 to 3. And then Matt Ryan just gave it a nasty look. You're like, come on, man. Um, obviously, you know, <laughs> I think he handled it well. Um, you know, he was, uh, you know, took it well. And uh, let's talk it over Al Michaels. I mean, I took a little to some snippets. Uh, 
you looked bored. I mean, yeah. you sounded bored. I mean, Al Michaels has been doing it for how long? You know, he can just basically show up and get paid at this point. He's just doing the best he can at this age, I guess. I don't know. We have Tom Brady potentially heading into the same realm of sports broadcasting. Can't wait to hear his commentary partners yeah. talking about David Tyree on the broadcast on his first day. Yeah. That'll be interesting. David Tyree, Mario Manningham, Eli Manning. Maybe we get Tom Brady back on the Manning cast. Yeah, Tom Brady book his first broadcasting game as the Giants-Patriots game. Whenever it happens, whenever he steps in the booth, looks like it'll be not for a while as he's taking his time to actually learn the craft. Learn the craft. And let's talk about uh, Peyton Manning. You know, he has the Manning cast, but he also just picked up a Tennessee University of Tennessee communications course. Yeah. I think it's going to be a definitely hard to get into course, but has University of Tennessee come on your radar now as a school you're interested in for upper education? Well, definitely. I mean, it's Peyton freaking Manning teaching the class of all people. I mean, he's done the Manning cast for what, like two or three years now? One so, of the great ones. And he even has his own production company, Omaha Productions. So yeah. I think he'll be a great mentor to learn from. You know, I, I'm pretty sure the Tennessee quarterback might be taking that class as well. I mean, he might need it. And, you know, I'll try and get into the class if I ever do get into Tennessee, but I'm going to expect that uh, all the seats are going to be filled. Speaking of University of Tennessee and college football, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, strong debut against TCU, upset victory, big upset victory, moves on, faces Nebraska, Matt Rule, can't coach the Panthers, gets smoked by Coach Prime this week. We got Colorado State, Colorado, another guy who's talking bad things about Coach Prime for a team that doesn't need any more motivation. Yeah. Coach Prime, I will. You know, this this entire Colorado team, I love their story. And every time we keep talking trash about them, if you just watch what happens, you saw what happened the first week. You saw what happened the second week. Shedra Sanders destroying them. And, you know, I really love the story. Deion Sanders coming from Jackson State, you know, played a lot in the NFL, <laughs> Hall of Famer. And just doing a tremendous job for Colorado. They had no fans last year, you know, due to the underwhelming season. And, you know, look at you look at the crowd now. I think you gotta love what they've become. Yeah, you look at the ticket prices. At least they seem to be up about four times as much as they were last season, and they're doing it with an entire new team. I mean, there was a lot of heat on Colorado this off season because they told all their former guys to get up out of here. You're not playing, and they brought in a ton of guys, including Travis Hunter, and then Shador Sanders, and of course Shiloh Sanders. All have been showing out and showing exactly why that they're big star players. We have Travis Hunter. You think he can play two ways in the NFL? Well, he can, but it will be tough. I mean, how often have you seen, you know, an NFL player play both offense and defense? The most recent, I think, Marcus Jones, but he's only played offense for like a couple snaps, single digit snaps. Uh, it's really hard. I mean, but if an NFL team finds the opportunity to use him in, you know, one of those trick plays, then I think that's the perfect role for him, Travis Hunter. I think after this season, he's going to definitely establish himself as 
potentially a top 10 pick for his not only his coverage abilities his catching abilities but you know using that as like you know just a creative playmaker yeah and in my opinion he's looking definitely like he goes to the NFL first pick eh, maybe but you think he's a cor- I think he's a cornerback you think he's going to play defense yeah i mean i think that's what they recruited for him in the first place but you know i wouldn't see be a, it wouldn't be a surprise if you know this dude Travis Hunter switches to wide receiver dominates gets picked in the first round there yeah i mean let's switch over to another college football matchup big one this past saturday Alabama and Texas, Texas taking it. Alabama's might not look like they have enough bite that they used to down there under Nick Saban. I know people are wondering if Georgia has taken that spot as the top dog in college football. They took a loss 34-24. to They face South Florida tomorrow. It's going to be a win. We can all say it. Yeah, They're just facing – it's just how it goes, you know. Yeah, it's like the, like the Hendrickson and uh, whatever bottom school is of all, you know, football matchups. Oh, so Cranston East, Hendrickson, Cranston East could be, could be that kind of score in game. So you know, that's just how college football is. You get about two games that matter a year, so you yeah. got to win those. They didn't last week, so we'll see how it shakes up in the four-team college football playoff as we wait for next season where it moves up to 12 teams and that's when you finally get to see some big action going on in the playoffs yeah uh let me let me take a quick transition you know it's been a lot of agreeability but i want to get into some debate real quick let's talk basketball you know the miami heat boston celtics facing off you know what has your team the boston celtics done to improve oh come on now chris Stapps, porzingis Right. Is a difference maker for this team. You look at that lot roster, you see ten guys who could start. Ten guys who could start. That's not anything. That's not any hyperbole at all. You got Sam Hauser. He's a starter on half of the NBA team. Just be honest. <laughs> that's not even joking. I faced. Let's go back a little to NBA 2K. You know, yesterday I faced off against the Miami Heat in my career. I did. As I'm showing Tim a picture, catch an alley oop from Jason Tatum on Jimmy Butler's head. That, so that does not look like you, Chad. That's how you use your face scan. That's a great face scan. You know, it was a good job. I think 2K this year. It's a great game. But speaking of the NBA, they came out with a bunch of rule changes, and some of these are, in my opinion, the in-season tournament is stupid. I don't know what we're doing. There's no reason for it. I mean, you're forcing the guys to play in it, too, because you know they were going to get benched. This new rule that they just released is limiting the amount of rest time you can give star players. I don't think it's good for the sport. I don't think it's good for the players either, of course. No, no absolutely not. I mean, it's it's just a way to generate more views for, you know, basketball. I mean, regular season basketball has been criticized for, you know, just being mundane, a lot of players being benched for you know just seemingly load management i know my miami is not gonna win it at all because jimmy butler only cares about that ring baby and he will beat the boston celtics again this year and they will sweep in four with damian lillard who i hope to god that he will join us this year well nba 2k commentary team 
already believes that they joined it. So he already thinks he's on the heat. So that's a little error on 2K's part. But these rules, I mean, no one likes to see – no one likes to be attending a basketball game and hearing that their favorite player is not playing due to load management. You know, that's the big one. But you've got to prioritize player health. I mean – yeah. That's why Kobe did it. That's why Kobe never really missed any games. You know, I saw a story once, you know, he played to, because, you know, what if that one fan who saved up all their money to watch Kobe play just because he's out of load management, he doesn't get to see him play, and now he's sad and crying all the way home. But also, you're resting your guys in the regular season so you can play them in the playoffs, and that's when everyone's really watching the games. Mm-hmm. So, and you might see... A lot of injuries this year. I hope not, but with a kind of rule change like this, this is what encourages injuries, and it will be a rough ride for Adam Silver to take if that's what happens, you know. For example, Boston Celtics can't bench Tatum and Brown in the same game anymore. Both of them, one of them will have to be on the court. So it's going to be a different look for NBA. It's going to be a different look for stat leaders, too. Maybe see some. Season numbers definitely grow among these great players, but teams must ensure that star players are available for nationally televised and in-season tournament games. So it's clearly NBA is looking to get the big ticket games, and they're looking to get them with the best players they can put on the court. Right away to that, does that rule about the they must ensure they are ready for prime time? Does that include like actual injuries, or you know, uh, to I doubt it. it. I, I'm sure injuries are uh, definitely not a part yeah, of this. Yeah, it'd be kind of weird if, like, an NBA player like Tori there at ACL, like, hey, you still got to play. Yeah. Speaking of injuries, let's go back to Aaron Rodgers. You know, Roger Goodell comes out and says, hey, some guys like turf. No, they don't. I don't know what he's talking about. I mean, everyone knows it's been proven injury after injury, especially at MetLife Stadium. I don't know what's going on over there, but they just keep tearing ACLs over there. Also in Washington, there's always yeah. a lot of injuries there. So this turf got to go. You know, it's causing yeah. a lot of injuries to a lot of star players, you know. So yeah. some back research behind it. And shout out to my guy from classical, Logan Gomes, a low gangsta, you know, did his independent research study on that. You know, grass versus turf. Uh, came to the conclusion that grass, way more safe. Yep. Way more safe. All right. So what else do we have anything else we want to cover on this podcast? We've gone 35 minutes. It's been a good couple of conversations going on. Anything left to cover? Well, no. I mean, we do have some topics for next week we might be covering. So we could always focus on that. We could always focus on the next slate of spring or fall games for the teams and also, you know, maybe we talk a little bit of homecoming next episode. Homecoming. What's the theme of it? It is Candyland, I know, because I am the student council president, and I did say that we would have no food, but, 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 uh, some, a generous Ben Chen's mom has donated some food to us, you know, um, you know, buy some, uh, a huge thank you, I really appreciate it, I know some people are a little bit, you know, awry about the no food thing, but the thing is that, you know, we lost a couple hundred bucks over the past couple of years selling food, not selling enough food, so, I think a huge donation there helps out a lot and, you know, just gets us a little bit more money. And no food, of course, brings the prices down on tickets a little? Yeah, at least the tickets on, you know, homecoming always try to be cheap. 
uh, winner ball. I, I mean, you didn't go. You know, a lot of people didn't go because when you look at the prices, it's like thirty bucks. I think sixty bucks, maybe. You know, depending on how much we get from fundraising. So, you know, student council every Wednesday after school. If you have any ideas on how to fundraise, please let me know. So, just to recap on homecoming, it's a home sweet homecoming. We're talking ten dollars. I think it's six thirty to nine thirty. Yeah. What is that? Friday next Friday? Uh, it's got actually be on uh, Saturday, I think, because the homecoming game is Friday, and then Saturday is the actual dance. All right. So you know the guy to blame if anything in the school isn't up to code. That's your student council president speaking, Tim Yeen. So you got any problems? Talk to this guy because it's his fault. All right. Okay. All right. I think we're ready to wrap it up here. So thank you for listening. If you've made it all the way, make sure to comment if you can. Make sure to follow the podcast. and We're on YouTube. Yep, yep. Make sure if you want any guests on the show, reach out to us on TB Sports Media, on Instagram, on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. And TikTok, kind of. I don't know. Do whatever you want. Reach out to us. And make sure to tune in next week as we rejoin you on Thunderbolt Sports Talk. Wah, flipping bam.